0: Previously on See On The Bookshelf, we talked about the internal launch at the publishing house and the series of meetings that happens afterwards.
1: It's kind of like editorial gets to give us, here's the book. And then we come back and we say, here's the marketing plan. And then sales and editorial get to weigh in on what we've come up with. And then we take their notes and finalize a plan. And then those are presented at sales conference.
0: So you've heard from my editors and last week from my publicists. This week, we talked to sales.
1: general public has this perception of, you know, a book is written, the bookstore gets it, the bookstore sells it, and then it goes from there. And I guess that's, you know, with most things, you see something and, oh, okay, well, it's always been there. But you don't think about what it took for that item or situation to present itself.
0: And one thing it takes for a book to even appear on a bookstore shelf is a team of people like John Denany,
1: My name is John Dennany. I'm a publisher sales rep for Penguin Random House Books for Young Readers. My territory includes Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, western Pennsylvania, western New York, and Tennessee. There are 11 Penguin Random House Young Reader reps, and on top of that, we have two regional uh, field managers who uh, keep us in line.
0: John sounds a bit like a cowboy there, doesn't he? Well, I think we should bring in a guitar while he tells us about how he got into publishing.
1: I got into publishing by chance. I graduated from high school, and like all people who graduate from high school, they want to uh, test the waters. So I went out west for about uh, two or three months with a group of friends we were living and working out there. And uh, one of my friends was getting married, so I had to come back from California. To Michigan and uh, after I landed I was beating the bushes for a job uh, while I was going to school and I ended up working in a retail bookstore I worked there for maybe two three years and subsequently went to work for the wholesaler who owned the bookstore chain and over the years I graduated into running their educational department and because the uh, at that time Wholesalers were buying out one another, and nobody knew exactly what their future held in store, I started applying with publishers. I'd become friends with some of the publisher reps who had come into uh, the wholesaler, and I thought, man, I could really get into uh, doing something like this. I was lucky enough to land a job working for Viking Penguin. I was the last Viking Penguin rep ever hired. And I used to sell the entire line from adult to trade paperbacks to children's. The company transformed over the years and I ended up working in the uh, children's division for Penguin Random House. And uh, it's still exciting to this very day as it was when I started all those many years ago.
0: And we keep going back to episode six here on the podcast to launch about nine months to a year from when a title goes on sale. Like we heard last week from publicity, this launch, and right around that time, is also when sales gets involved.
1: It's basically the introduction. We lay down tentative marketing and sales plans. And then several months after that, we have what is called a pre-sales, where we review everything that we were given at the launch and it's fine tuned as far as advertising, print runs, um, sales handles.
0: We'll get to sales handles in a minute, but I think what you need to know here is that it all culminates in the sales conference where everything is set in stone when all the departments are on the same page and all the individual sales reps are on the same page too.
1: What I say to my accounts selling a particular title Is very, very close to what another rep is telling their account thousands of miles away.
0: And when John uses the word accounts, he's talking about bookstores.
1: I actually go out into the individual bookstores to see and talk about titles and talk about our backlist and give suggestions on uh, themed titles that the stores could put up an in-store display.
0: So I think sales is maybe the aspect of publishing that people outside of publishing are the least aware of. It certainly blew my mind to learn about what John does. Bookstores don't automatically get copies of every new book that gets published. They have limited shelf space. And how are they supposed to stay on top of books that are just coming out, that they haven't even read yet? Well, that's where someone like John comes in. Like, literally comes in to the bookstore.
1: I probably travel percentage-wise, maybe about 40 to 50% of the time overnight. And then uh, I also do day trips. So I don't really count uh, day trips as uh, traveling. Traveling, to me, is more overnight. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't cover every single account in my territory just because time would not allow that. And we have, uh, aside from the 11 direct reps that we have, we also have a couple of in-house sales reps who handle the customers that we are unable to see.
0: And I should mention here that publishers also send out these seasonal catalogs of what's coming out in any given season. You can see these online, too, if you just Google the name of the publisher plus like fall 2017 catalog. But of course, it's no replacement for someone like John coming in with his rolling suitcase full of galleys and giving a presentation to you, to your bookstore, about the titles that both he and the publisher are really excited about.
1: When you're presenting a book, you try to find the happy medium that will strike the buyer's interest as far as subject plot, um, the regionality of a title, the types of marketing that we have in place. Just a, a whole myriad of things. And so, you know, every presentation is not exactly the same for every single account. Mm-hmm. There are quite a few similarities, but, you know, you get to know your customer base over a period of time and the type of market that they sell into, and you, you know, do your presentation accordingly.
0: That's what John meant earlier when he said sales handles. There are these things for your audience, in this case, booksellers, to latch on they're kind of like the pitch angles from our episode on publicity. They're tailored to the person, to the bookseller, by John, based on his knowing them and having a relationship with them. Do you, still, do you remember your experience reading You in the Cosmos?
1: Oh, I sure do. For one, I am a huge advocate for getting boys to read. Mm. And so that was number one that struck me. Two... I'm a huge advocate for regional authors, and that hit me as well. So I was I was excited. The the in-house excitement, the editors and, and a few folks within our house who have who read the manuscript prior to us getting it were excited about it. So that just, it was sort of a snowball effect. And while I was reading the title, I was flashing back every once in a great while, to some of my favorite books, that certain situations in the book reminded me of, like for example, um, a little bit of *The Outsiders*. You know, in as much as there's there's a character who really doesn't fit in, who's got a good heart, and nothing gets them down. Or, you know, even some of my uh, uh, childhood books. You know, as a as a young kid, *Story of Ferdinand*. You know, with for the innocents,
0: By the way, I haven't heard John's sales pitch for See You in the Cosmos, but I imagine it sounds something like this.
1: You know, this is just me. But anything that makes me feel the way that I felt when I read other books is is just a a fantastic thing. Mm -hmm. I just love that. Yeah. I love that there was an innocent character who was always upbeat because I think we need a lot of that nowadays more than ever. You know, there are obstacles... Uh, that Alex uh, runs into, and either he overcomes them or, with the help of other people, like almost a close-knit family, they help him over that. Mm. And uh, it just, it, it makes me smile.
0: And as you might imagine from traveling and being on the road so much, John has some stories.
1: When I first joined Viking Penguin, we were out selling a title called Satanic Verses. And it uh, it culminated into this publishing phenomenon because of the fatwa that was given to Viking Penguin and anybody associated with it. Uh-huh. And so um, there were some tense moments there for that for that year. And I can remember walking into uh, one of my bookstores, and uh, it's it's somebody that I had known for years and years. And uh, I was talking with him, and, and I said, uh, so Joe, do you have uh, satanic verses? And he goes, John, I've got a story to tell you. And he said, I was working behind the counter, and some big, huge man walked in dressed in fatigues, and asked me if I sold satanic verses, and I said no, and he said, that's good, Turn around and walked out of my store. <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: And I think listening to this story, I really get the impression of just how close to the ground John and the other sales reps are, how they really have their finger on the pulse through their booksellers of how well a title is doing. Do you feel like after all your years you know, working in, in publishing, do you feel like you have like an intuition for what's going to do well?
1: Well, I mean, I, I hope and I pray I do, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. You find a book and a story that you love, and you think, wow, this is fantastic. And something just does not fall into place, whether it is... The consumer on the consumer side or maybe something that we didn't do i, I, I wish I could shoot hundred percent, but realistically that's impossible but I, I get such satisfaction when there is something that I get excited about and then the in-house people are excited about and then I start to think, oh maybe I am right and uh, and it just it just takes off mm. um, you know see you in the cosmos. Prime example. Loved it. I thought, man, there is really something here. And then the in-house publicity and 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 people in-house were just getting excited over it. And then the reps, like myself, my fellow reps, jumped on it. And man, this is really something. Just a great feeling. One of the things that I that I really really try to do is uh, establish. The authors who live and, and write within my territory as regional authors. I'm a firm believer that you have to establish yourself in your area and then branch out from there. Now, given there are circumstances where something comes in that is like huge nationally, and that does happen, but by and large, I just try to focus on regional and then grow it out from there.
0: In March, the month after See You in the Cosmos was published, it was a top 10 bestseller in the state of Michigan.
1: Yeah, isn't it nice when, uh, when, when you put in a lot of work and, and finally, you know, you see the end result like that? I mean, that's just awesome. But hey, we're not stopping there.
0: Thanks very much to John Denity of Penguin Random House Young Readers. If you see my novel, See You in the Cosmos, in a bookstore, there's a good chance that a sales rep like John visited that same store months prior to commence them to stock it. Music for this podcast is by Saint Benjamin. This week we also used a track by Jason Shaw from freemusicarchive.org. Now, we've talked in the past few episodes about the concerted efforts. After launch, between the sales, marketing, and publicity teams within a publishing house. And one place where you really see that coordination is in the book tour. That's next week. I'll see you on the bookshelf.